Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 403 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I chat to Christoph Eng of Elias Software about their dynamic music creation middleware application, Elias 4. I'm not sure if it is actually middleware. People use that term anymore? I don't think they do. What it is is a tool that developers use in their video games, when they're making video games, to create a score that is dynamic to the player's actions to some degree or another, depending on the controls that you want to infuse into the game as you're making it. And it's quite an extraordinary thing. Now you may think, hang on Chris, this is this is a diversion, this is a change, this is odd. Hang on, you're not going to be talking about a game? You're going to talk about a tool that's used to make games? Yes. Yes, I am. Sometimes we do this on the show, to look underneath the bonnet of the bonnet, so to speak, or hood of the hood, depending on where the world you are. So it's a little bit meta. So I'm looking at how they make music for the games that we talk about, to, to about the games that we talk... You know what I mean? So it's a layer upon layer of stuff. And Christoph is a wonderful guest. Wonderful guest. Really had a great time chatting about the much, well, misunderstood or not, I was going to say maligned. That's not true. Not maligned. Definitely not. But ignored. Not enough attention is paid to it. The the, the, the creativity and the, the ingenuity of actually creating incredible musical scores for the games that we play. Now, granted, Kane and Rince does have Sound of Play, and it's been, but that, that, that's a show, 
that you can listen to uh, that celebrate music. And but here we are talking about how those scores are made. So uh, I'm rabbiting on, aren't I? Let's see. We listen to me from the recent past talk to Christoph about Elias Four. Let's do that. Take it away, Chris. Chris. Hello. Hello. Who are you, and what do you do? Well, I'm Chris. I uh, see so you have the uh, same nice name. Fantastic name. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So uh, that's the only thing you need to have. That yeah. Name. No, but, but I'm a, I'm a composer, um, and I work with, uh, um, you could say, middle, middleware for games. Uh, I still compose a bit. I just compose some music for a game called It Takes Two. Uh, but normally I'm, I'm running my company, Elias Software. It takes two. There's a game I need to play, but I need someone to play it with. Yes, you need. <laughs> so to, I need yeah. to. I need to, <laughs> need to. Need to grab someone. I got. I got friends. Seriously, I do. So I have yeah. to sort that out. But well done with that. Because that was thank a, you. Thank that you. was quite a title from last year. People. People. Uh, it's on the t- top ten people. You know, talking games of 2021. And people often cited it as a game to play. Good stuff. Yeah. So it's really fun to play. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And the book, people initially found him annoying, personally. Yeah. I think he's the highlight. Yeah, he's the highlight. He <laughs> Must have been fun to score that. It must have been really fun to score that. Although t- yeah. although difficult, don't get me wrong. It must have been very, very hard. But I, It was so fun to... to many, many of my characters in the game are kind of cliches because they're in a kid's uh, imagination. So I decided to do a lot of cliche music as well, and especially for Hakim, that is kind of flamenco one A. <laughs> <It's just>, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's that, that, that's quite important. We're going to delve into that the second half mm-hmm. of the show because mm-hmm. we're yeah, going to be we're here to talk about uh, Elias Four, mm-hmm. which is a piece of software, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's quite unusual for the show. So I'm going to change the the first sort of five questions just a little bit to reflect. The altering of the because normally it's about a game, but this time it's about a tool to make games. So, how did you make your start making tools like this? How did you make your start? I mean, what what drove you to? Uh, I mean, is it to enter this avenue of things? It's an interesting question that I actually don't get uh, a lot, but I, I realize now I've always been kind of um, I have an annoying mind. I, I don't do the same thing. Uh, the same way twice. Uh, even if I brush my teeth, I, I try to find a new way of doing it every night. That's kind of a mental distortion I have. Uh, but that also, so so as a composer, if it was for film or for theater and so on, I, I always want to solve things. And most of the times I, I end up being the guy solving issues for other composers <laughs> because I have that kind of mind. And and uh, when I started in the in the gaming, when I did my first big game music project, we were uh, three composers, and we had actually had a real symphonic orchestra. It was a great gig, and we worked for two years and we recorded a lot of music with uh, Norrköping's Philharmoniker, an orchestra in Sweden, and then the game got cancelled, and we sat down uh, on a pub. Really, really sad because, of course, the, the this project was a secret, and, and now it was even more a secret. So even today, I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> but uh, um, and um, 
And I said to my my fellow composers, isn't it uh, annoying that we do all this music? It sounds great, but it has nothing to do with the game. Only the way it's written, but it's not tied into the game as as I would would want it to be. Uh, and I realized uh, the 90s were kind of every everything about music was uh, adaptive. Uh, that was the only thing you could do because it didn't sound really good, but you could at least be adaptive. So even like Super Mario Brothers, even that game is adaptive with the music on the time. When you run out of time, the, the tempo goes up and so on. So it's small, small tools that you use. But then uh, PlayStation came. <laughs> you can have a real CD uh, and real music and adaptivity just went out the window. Uh, and so this has always bothered me in in the since uh, 2000. And uh, I had these ideas, and I, I um, told them to a lot of studios. And every studio said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna do this if you come back with a prototype." And I'm not a programmer. I, I used to do games for Commodore C64, <laughs> but that's I think it's uh, not valid anymore. <laughs> so I I called. The one program I thought was perfect for this, and it's Philip Benefal. Uh, he's a he's been blind from birth, uh, and he's done a lot of audio games. So I talked to him about this, and we had the prototype, and we got it the prototype into a game called Gauntlet by uh, Arrowhead and Warner Brothers, and that is how it started. And after that, uh, yeah, we started this company, and here I am. Wow, the last four. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've had, we've featured games that are just audio only on this podcast. I'm happy to say. All right, good. And they are wonderful. It's amazing. You actually do see it anyway, because your yeah. mind, depending on your own particular, I mean, my imagination, I'm really happy to say, because not everyone's got this, it's pretty vivid. Uh, I can actually yeah. build pictures out from text and read the written word and from sounds. Not everyone's got this skill, apparently, but I just for years I thought, doesn't everyone see the world like this? No, <laughs> apparently. Uh, so no. I, I'm very happy to have that. <laughs> yeah, great. I, I don't really have that. I, I know Philip is always, uh, he thinks I'm the worst gamer ever when I try his games <laughs> because I tend to die oh, the first minute or so. <laughs> I just get a bit lost. It's like one of the reasons yeah. I love VR so much because, yeah. you know, Moss was one of my favourite games of recent I uh, really got involved oh, yeah. with Moss, and this new one came out. I know I need to get onto that, finish that. But there's a certain game with a, a ring and begin with a letter V that keeps on distracting me at the moment. But uh, uh, I, I will get back to, to to doing Moss Book Two. It's it's good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can really. Uh, and it's a great like you see a, you see a niche, and you're saying you know you can't really make games on C64. Actually, people still are presently. They're yeah. new games. But you're right, it's a bit hard. Although the, the SID chip was a remarkable thing. You're right. It's, I, I, I have to, I, I have to, well, this is, a, I almost said I, I'm going to show you something, but next to me I have a Therp SID, and that is actually two Commodore uh, SID chips into a uh, synth. Yeah, wow, <laughs> uh, wow. And I use it every day because I I, I grew up with that sound and I, I, I still love it. It's got this rumbling sort of like dirty, almost like I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but I'm doing it anyway kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking as someone who, who uh, 
uh, was brought up with the Spectrum and stuff like that. We had that terrible beeper, but people did amazing things with that thing as well. But let's not yes. let's not let's not go there. Um, so I'm going to the next question, and this one: you are a creator, and I think it's a yep. valid question to ask you this. And I think we spoke about it a little bit in the virtual green room before we started recording. But the question is this: What do you believe influences you the most? What's the thing that drives you, or you find yourself sort of drawn to, and, and that spurs you on to create your next thing? Well, I, I really, I'm a guy. I really love to push the limit, what what is possible. Uh, so I, I often tend to look at other verticals, uh, like when I do when I do uh, music for a game, I tend to get more inspirations from film or from the stage or, or so and try to achieve what you could do in the linear media, but, but you, even though it's in the um, interactive media. Uh, so I have a lot of uh, composer that, that, that inspires me, but I must say uh, now when I think about it, uh, the latest game, it takes two. It was mostly actually my family because, because uh, uh, we ended up using my wife as a singing voice of me and my kids were the, the the children's choir in the game and so on so it became like a family project almost wow. and that was that was really inspiring to and, and you can imagine how it was to play the game the first time yeah uh, with the family so but but, but yeah I, I I'm not that kind of guy that uh, watch every YouTube um, clip I could find with the developments in the in games and so on um, I'm more like what happens to be in front of me <laughs> if, right. if I could say like that yeah so I don't really search for inspiration uh, but I, I'm really happy when it comes to me excellent and I love your opening statement like you know pushing the boundaries trying to find mm. new and easier ways to do incredible things because that's that's yeah. something should to be lauded, but also being inspired by yeah. your family. Why not? Of yeah, but, but I I can say one thing. Uh, yes. Actually, uh, my my former my former boss always said to me, um, "You can do this job. It's it's a, an easy trailer thing you can do, and uh, with your knowledge, you can do it in one hour." And and I always try to explain to him, well. I don't want to do it. I don't want to use my skills to do things faster. I want to use it to make it better. So I also want to use my eight hours for this trailer as anyone else does. Um, and I, I don't mean that I'm better, but I mean like when you have when you are composing, you have the education. Of course, you have uh, have have start from from uh, beginners. Yeah. But I think you, I think you should use it to make it better rather than faster. Yeah. Next question, and this one hasn't changed, not going to change from previous questions because it's completely relevant to you. If anything, it's even more relevant because you work with a lot of them in your endeavours. So there it is. Uh, what video game developer do you admire most and why? Well, of course, I have to admire Hayslight, of course. Because of course. Of, uh, that's a lie. But... but um not to talk just about that but no. i also have to say uh, bearded ladies okay. uh, the, the mutant years mutant year zero right and and uh, uh, robert the composer 
did the most fantastic things with uh, Elias the tool. Um, and yeah, the music is just fantastic. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so she, and and I love their way of just pushing forward all the time and doing new things. And oh, it's nice. the same with Haze Light. So I I love studios that think a little bit outside the box. Cool. Yeah. And uh, well, last question for the first half. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a relevant question because we're a video game podcast, so I kind of have to ask it. Here we are. What are you playing right now? Uh, actually, uh, this is uh, this is so weird. I, I, I play uh, uh, Gran Turismo Seven, <laughs> and it's so strange because that's a typical game that my own engine wouldn't. Yeah, of course, it could enhance that game as well. But uh, for some reason, I played every Gran Turismo ever made, and that's a, that's been my 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 thing. Uh, so I, I would love to say that I played a very story-driven game because that is what I work with. But but I really love Gran Turismo. I, I can't help it. No, no, no apologies needed. I've had guests on. <laughs> last one, I believe, but she said, oh, yeah, I played played FIFA for the first time and because yeah, yeah. just wanted to know what it was like because, you know, Sony gave it away as part of PlayStation Plus. I thought, really? I wonder what it's like now. I haven't played this in decades. Turns out he quite yeah. liked it. You know, it's just a, yeah, yeah. It's quite a polished experience, apparently. It's just, uh, Absolutely. If you like your football, then knock yourself out uh, or soccer, yeah. whatever part of the world you're from. Um, but uh, the Gran Turismo, um, whenever I think of Polyphony Digital, my mind stretches back to two things, if I may share this. Seven, I haven't actually got yet. I should get around to do it, but like I said, busy. And uh, But I'll, I'll, get, I'll pick it up later on this year, I suspect. Um, but first thing is Gran Turismo 2, where we had the driving the cars into each other because you could have damage modelling. That was the great thing about Gran Turismo 2. It did extraordinary damage modelling and tyre wear and stuff like that. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the, the other thing... Uh, that are remind me of Polyphony, Polyphony Digital. It's not only the amazing sound engineering they do in their games, it's just astonishing. They were pioneers and continue to be pioneers. But also Tourist Trophy. Did, yeah. you, ever, did you ever play Tourist Trophy? Um, I think so. <laughs> you have to remind yeah. me. So Tourist Trophy is the Gran Turismo of motorcycle racing games. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, 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 that one. It appeared on the PlayStation yeah. 2 and it was rapidly forgotten, which is a crime because yeah. it's one of the yeah. best motorcycle games ever made. Yeah, I, I remember it now. <laughs> I haven't forgotten about that No, game, yeah. but you should. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a PlayStation 2 lying around somewhere, they might have it on the store or something on, on PS Now or something soon. But it's I just love, love to that game. It's just astonishing yeah. how they model motorcycle racing. Just amazing. So, yes. yeah, good shout on Gran Turismo 7. Like I said, I do need to jump on that, but I've got other stuff to do. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. If you ask me, like, just uh, two months ago, I, I would say, well, I play what my, my son is playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but now I actually bought my own game for the first time in, in a couple of years or so. Nice. Uh, yeah, you tend to work uh, too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. So, that's the end of the first half. Well done. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to the second half of this show where we hmm, examine, explore. Let's do that. Explore Elias Four. 
Yeah. So, Chris, in your own words, I mean, best of luck because I've tried to describe what a nice <laughs> four is, and it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tall order. But here you go, Chris. What is a nice four? Yeah, I got to try to make this um, uh, understandable. Uh, when we started with Elias 1, 2, and 3, that was an adaptive uh, game music middleware. Uh, and the, the unique thing with uh, Elias 1, 2, 3 uh, is that you could uh, arrange your music exactly the way you wanted it, to, even without game. Yep. Uh, and then you just hook it up to the game, and it works, uh, if I simplify it a lot. <laughs> But then uh, we actually uh, took on a quest <laughs> two and a half years ago or so uh, to do the same thing for audio designers uh, and try to solve things uh, all audio designers uh, uh, travels they have every day and, and uh, things. Uh, and one one being this fact that you you couldn't really do sound design before you had anything to do sound design for so you, so you have you had to have uh, parts of the game done before you could really start working on it and that became a, a problem of course for many studios starting a project a five year project and the first year the audio team didn't have anything to do <laughs> of course they can go out and record cool stuff uh, for many weeks, uh, but then you just end up having too much sound to work on. Um, so that was the first thing we do, and, and that uh, was very similar to Elias 1, 2, and 3. Uh, so you could actually work on your project, uh, work on your sounds without the game. But then we realized we wanted to solve one more thing, and that was when you're actually working on the game project, um, in traditional tools, uh, a lot of the time is just for ex import, export, uh, build banks, and so on, and uh, try it out, go back, redo, and so on. And it's hours that just gets lost uh, in in this kind of work. So we actually started over one more time and and did uh, solve that in a way that we can be live connected to the game all the time. So we take, we don't have export, import, or anything in Elias. You just uh, remote control uh, your uh, um, game platform. Um, and what that, that actually um, led to is that a vision that, that I have actually came true earlier than I thought. <laughs> because I've all, always thought that when people talk about content, and, and content is big in the world, if it's music or sound design or, or whatever, but it's all, you're always talking about dead content. You're talking about sounds that you have to do something with. And for me, I think the, the future of content is intelligent sound. And that is what you can do in Elias. And, and that is also, you asked me uh, in the green room before, uh, is it, do you call it a middleware? And yes, it, it, it can replace your middleware, but it can do so much more. Yeah, uh, it, it, You can actually create uh, intelligent uh, content uh, without any game, but you can also connect it to the game. Or uh, we've already been approached by uh, like car manufacturers or live shows and so on. So, so it's it's more like a, um, a sound and music experience design platform. <laughs> I have to come up with a better word, <laughs> a shorter word. 
uh, then it is only a middleware. So we, we are, so the last four, uh, it sounds like it's just a progression from one to three, but you could say, yes, the, the music side of it is a progression, but it's a completely new platform for audio. Yeah. And here's my first design question about yes. Elias 4. So here we go. Uh, from what I've read and played around with and looked on web and all sorts about Elias 4, the interface. Yeah. The interface is not too dissimilar to logic programs like Grasshopper, for example. If you're not familiar with that, it's not a particularly well-known program, but it does use logic gates. That's its whole yeah. premise. Everything is based on logic gates. So Grasshopper is about 3D geometry, although it does yeah. do audio as well, apparently. But I've never used it for 3D geometry, very complex 3D shapes. It's yeah. brilliant. It's amazing. It's so simple. As long as you understand the basic, once you break down the task into discrete small components, you can create something fantastically complex, which is the cornerstone of of <laughs> of uh, elegant design is just breaking it down into small discrete components. And I just have to ask: the reason you've got this kind of logic-based interface was really because it's a it works and it's familiar throughout the industry is it something you always i mean was it always going to be that kind of interface where you have like logic sort of like components of it which which has things in it sounds music chords phrases was that always well, intention yeah um actually it was um only because when i started this and, and um uh, I, I was always thinking about the gamers and the end user and uh, with the last one we solved it for the end user right and we, and we sold parts of it for the composer the composer could try out everything uh, with his music and so on but actually um, I learned that um, uh, to implement it in a game you will still need uh, some uh, um, programmer skills uh, so we we enhanced that in the last two and three with better plugins and so on for Unity and, and Unreal, but we weren't there yet. So we always talked about having a, a no code interface for for the composers. Uh, that is really understandable. And when we did this uh, audio approach, that is where we started actually. Uh, so we knew that uh, we want to put take back the control from level designers, programmers, audio programmers, back to the uh, audio designers. So, yeah. you, uh, and th there's many reasons for that. If, if you think of, of how a game is made, uh, I al uh, already told you that um, the audio team always comes in last. Uh, so you could say that they're kind of the bug creating team <laughs> when they come in because uh, the rest of the team thinks the game is all almost done and then the audio team came in and and uh, of course they, they introduced bugs. Uh, and that is also one thing we really wanted to solve that uh, why are you why are you uh, do you have to rely on logic within the game engine? Why not just take out all of the logic into Elias as we did in Elias 4? So if you do something really wrong, you might crash Elias, but you won't crash the game. So then uh, when the audio team comes in, uh, they're not uh, as uh, 
there's a uh, less risk uh, yeah. to break something. If they were the, out there from the start, or earlier than they were, because yeah. it sounds like to me that it's all about dependencies. Sorry, everyone, for the yeah. terrible programming. Not at all about computer programming, mm. but programming of, of tasks mm. or scheduling, if you're American. Um, mm. uh, but, yeah, it's all about dependencies, and the, the, typically music comes in after, as you say. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. not music, sound. Sound design comes out way later. But with Elias 4, you can be brought in. That bar, that little part, bar of the Gantt chart, can be dragged right across to the left. You go, there you go. Yeah. I'm much earlier on yeah. now. And therefore, you're more integrated and actually be part of the design process earlier than you would normally yeah. be, which is a great, great thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and I, I still, you, you, you might choose for, for um, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, other reasons to, to maybe get in a little bit later. Yeah, uh, to know uh, know a little bit more about the level and so on, but there's actually no other need for it than that you want to have more information. That's yeah. the only reason. I'm going to talk about the next question. Then here we go, Chris. Brace yourself. Yeah. A game score. No, we're not talking about ratings or review scores. Everyone, we're talking about musical scores. The mm -hmm. way more interesting than any number mm -hmm. attributed to a game is vital for building atmosphere and informing the player of what is occurring and how it interacts with the, their experience. How does Elias 4 assist with the creation of the score? I know it does many other things, but let's just focus on the score, if I may. Yep. Yeah, of course. Well, well, it is like this. Um, when I'm talking about adaptive music, uh, some people think that I'm talking about games like uh, Beat Saber or Guitar Hero or something like that, but I'm actually talking about the opposite. I'm talking about a, a, a true adaptive music score should feel like it's a linear score written for your own gameplay. Yeah. So if if I play a game and my son play the same level, he will uh, he will uh, have done it in in ten minutes, and I, uh, an hour. <laughs> but I was. I should still feel that the music is actually written for my slower experience, and and he should uh, should feel it's written for his. Um, so so that is true adaptive uh, music, and to do this, there's no other way to do it than to have some kind of uh, intelligent tool around it. And and um, there, there's of course a lot uh, different ones out there, but I feel that uh, what I tried to do in Elias that, that sets it apart is that we don't wanna, you don't wanna run around in the game with the DJ next to you, just cross-fading different music for you. That will actually put you out of the experience of playing the game. Uh, if, if it feels like it's, the music is written for you, you will then uh, start to forget about the music as you do in a movie, but it actually does what it's supposed to do, enhancing the story. Yeah. Enhancing the experience. So, so, um, uh, and now I, I don't really remember the question the first time, but uh, it's just really about how Elias Four can how, really yeah, help how, yeah. with the score so, creation. So, so, yeah, yeah, you, you could say like this. I, I've heard, uh, I heard some composers say, well, oh, when I started with Elias, I, 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 I tend to work more, <laughs> and that is not 
That is because Elias allows you to do more with your score, of course. But it's the fastest way of doing adaptive music. So it's not Elias. It's it's if you go that route, if you want to do adaptive music, then you could choose to to uh, try to invent the wheel, or you could could use tools like Elias. Uh, so they really help you to achieve that. Perfect, because that's really what I was wanting to home in on is the fact that yes, you don't have to. It's really great of creating that, but you can do more traditional if you want, because depending on the game you're playing, it may not require yeah. that. It may not want that because it may be aspect of the game that is actually counterintuitive or counter yeah. to the experience. But if uh, the, you know. And one really important thing, uh, before when we had Elias 1, 2, 3, it was all about adaptive mu music. So yeah, yeah. To, to, to choose to use it or not became like a, a question really early in the process. That with, with this tool, Elias 4, it's, it's for everything. So, and that is how I, I like it. So if you, you do, maybe you have a, a scene and you think, well, I don't need to be that adaptive here. I just do a simple thing. But then uh, the level evolves then it's extremely easy just to expand on your music and do it adaptive in that case. Uh, so that's a, it's, it's a good way of thinking of, about adaptive music. Never think, am I going to use adaptive music in this game? Rather think, does this scene or story need adaptive music? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Next question. Now... This is a bit of a mechanical one, but I think it's fascinating and really quite powerful. And one of the things you advertise and promote about Elias 4 in that it's a live updating, it's a live platform. You can insert things whilst a, a the game is running and you can actually pop it in and go, okay, well, let's see how this sounds on the fly rather than having to recompile over and over yep. again. You can actually do it on the fly, which is an extraordinary thing. And I just want you to describe for us in Elias 4, the tools that allow you to extract the code that Elias generates and place it in the code for the game or the, the, the yeah. programming and uh, without causing too much disruption and headache <laughs> for the programmers, of course. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's more like this, if you think of it. Um, yes. the, way, the way we do it is, is that you actually... Uh, you get what you need from the game. Let's say it's a very, uh, yeah, we have a really simple footstep demo, for instance. Uh, the only thing, and we don't see the feet in that demo, so the only thing you need there is where's the listener, is he moving, and how far? That's the only thing you take from, from the game. And then you could could uh, create your whole system around that. What happens if the, if the, uh, if the player moves uh, a couple of uh, meters? Uh, and and then uh, and and you 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 move every logic into Elias. Yeah. So uh, uh, so, so that means <laughs> that you're not redoing any code within the in the game engine. You're t taking out the code from the game engine, taking out the logic from the game engine, and put it into Elias. Uh, so it just listens to what, what it needs, listens to uh, in the game. Uh, and and it, we actually took it one one step further. Uh, let's say in this uh, really simple case with a, uh, but it could be anything. But let's stay with the footsteps. If you realize, okay, I don't think my actual sounds uh, are, are right. 
you could while the game is uh, running while unity or unreal is running and hooked up with Elias, you can go to your door record news footstep and when you press save it will auto ingest inside Elias and update in the game while you are walking so so we take away uh, export import in both directions if you will brilliant uh, and that's really... and, uh, Talk. Yeah, and, and one kind of cheesy way of, of yeah. describing this, but but actually it's true. It keeps you in the zone, and, yeah, and 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 that's where you want to be as a composer and a uh, sound designer. You don't want to be, uh, yeah, working with with things that are not actually creative. You, you don't want things to get in the way. You don't exactly. want an musical instrument, which is this. What it could potentially be described as as one of the things it could be described as uh, shouldn't be in your way shouldn't present barriers from you actually producing the notes in the first place that's a bit strange so (laughs) uh, that's that's really 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 important so we've been talking a lot about music and stuff which is you know the 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 origins of Elias as you already said you know adaptive music however Alongside score creation with Elias, you can use spot effects and other things, I understand. Yep. They can create it and import it into the code, as you explained. And they're much more reactive than the score because, you know, footsteps, you know, as a, yep. the character moves, they you hear footsteps and various surfaces. That's great. But I'll have to ask, how have you found creating a tool that sees, serves two, one would argue, quite different sides of the same coin that is sound design for a game is you have score but the yeah. sound effects they are quite different actually aren't they it's a really good question <laughs> because uh, I'm, i didn't used to be a sound designer now i can almost say i am <laughs> but right. but, but um, so when we decided to do this engine it was actually a, a client of ours that were asking for this um and uh, one of the sound designers actually moved over to to, to us. Mons is his name, Mons Utne. And we started with his ideas, what he wanted to solve. And then we took in uh, Eric, who, who was supposed to be in this call, uh, uh, as a as the new uh, product owner of Elias, and continue with his ideas. And and actually the whole the ideas from from uh, all our previous clients and so on uh but at a certain point then you you need to be secure that well this is the this is the way to go uh and and we reached that point uh, maybe a year ago and we did a release now at gdc uh so now because of this journey (laughs) even i can be a sound designer uh because i i understand when you have this no code approach with a lot of um, you have chords and, and um, you connect things. That is what I do all the time in my studio. And I love my analog synths and so on. So, so it's very, I understand the, the, what is happening in the last. And I think most people will do. Yeah. Uh, We've already yeah. spoken so, about earlier on the, the, the logic gap, the logic gates that just sit there with all the stuff in them. They have strands leading off. Yeah. To other things triggering things depending on you know sequences and you know triggers yeah and and also uh, of course i have i forgot to mention uh andreas wickman our cto uh who is being kind of the gatekeeper all this 
development period <laughs> when we come up with crazy ideas he, he might say, say sometimes well yeah maybe in, in in the far future but you have to you have to be realistic here now yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. So, so so it's been really good to have him him uh, on board and and designing the the underlying system and so on but one thing that we actually decided and i'm really happy for that is i'm i'm not familiar uh, not if you're familiar with the lego yeah uh, yeah, and um, uh, one one uh, you have the Lego Creative where, where it's it's just a lot of um, what do you call it bricks. Yeah, and they, you, they, and you they, can, yeah, they just give you a yeah. pile of bricks and go. I don't know, make stuff, knock yourself yeah, out. Let, yeah, let's yeah, and then so you could say that Lias four is kind of that. Uh, you can do anything with the Lias today. Yeah, uh, but but sometimes if you're gonna have a really advanced dialogue system or whatever, you might need a lot of bricks. <laughs> so <laughs> what we're uh, what we're gonna do right now is to uh, continuous now is to make quality of life updates with uh, ready to use systems and so on. But it's it's uh, good to start at the at the right end. Start yeah. with the brick, bricks and uh, give the fancy stuff later. Yeah. Absolutely true. Got to have a strong foundation to build from. And uh, maybe all the ideas that your colleague there has will be great for Elias 23. Yeah. Yes, 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 of course. I also, often it's often it's uh, me that I have crazy ideas, and I said, you know, this is impossible, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. but 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 if I go back, well, last one was also impossible. So so I I, I have uh, I think you have to have crazy ideas sometimes. Well, we landed on the moon, so you know there it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, point to oil rigs in the North Sea, like. Really? If yeah. you describe that yeah. to someone, they yeah. go, "Are you insane?" Yeah, but there's yeah, oil. Exactly. There's <laughs> yeah. there's oil. I know, but really, no, there's oil. The return <laughs> yeah. on those is phenomenal. There's you know, so you know, yeah. they are quite extraordinary. Anyway, yeah. uh, Chris, it's been great having you on the show. Um, Elias Four, which is developed by Elias Software, uh, and it's available now. And what platforms does yeah. it work on? It's Mac and PC, is it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, right now it's it's PC still uh, for okay. for the for last four. Last right. three works on the Mac and PC. Right. Uh, we, st- we soon have Mac for for last four as well, uh, and then we have plugins for Unity and Unreal. Yep, you do. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we are building uh, the first uh, uh, plugin for our machinery, and that's a, a great guest f- for you some someday in the future if you haven't had them on the show yet. Okay. Uh, that, it's an extremely cool new uh, game platform. Right. Uh, yeah, and um, and we are talking to others as well. So we're gonna this year we might be on two more platforms than Unreal and, and Unity. Nice. Uh, there, there, there's a trial out there, so it's just to go out and, and try it. Yeah, yeah. Have a so, go. Look yourself out. Yeah. You know, there's a little yeah. trial there. Check it out. See if you like it. See if you like the logic yeah. gates and how it works. I do. Yeah. And there's a great yeah, manual great. as well, very comprehensive manual. And videos, oh. tutorial guides. Great, all there. So, good stuff. Great. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris, is uh, great having a shot. Also, where's the name Elias come from? Yeah, it's actually... Uh, okay, I have to tell this story as well. Yeah, go on, you off know, you go. You know, right. We've got time. When you, when you don't have kids, you you might think that you you have a lack of time uh, that you would think that but that's a lie 
so when you get your first kid, you will know that, okay, I, ha I used to have time for other things, but now I don't. Uh, and when that happens, you tend to value your time. Yes. So I, I, I had go, gone years thinking about this idea, but I didn't do anything about it. Uh, and then uh, my son Elias was born, and I did something about it. <laughs> and I, I thought, well, I have to name the company after him then. Right. Uh, and But it also stands for Elastic Lightweight Integrated Audio System. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. I like acronyms. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, well, it's uh, I said fantastic little story, and what a, what yeah. a great, what a great, uh, and like I say, it's been really good having you on the show. You're more than welcome to come back. I will say, great, great to be here. Yeah, thank you, mm. and uh, you're more than welcome to come back and talk about Elias Five or whatever else yeah. you're working yeah. on. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, caneandrinse.com.